Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, Dawn Legends. It's going to be a fun video here. Going through the Brisbane Heats, sort of projected lineup, a general idea of where guys are going to be. Obviously, we have some fringe type of players. We've got the fringies. And do we want them in our sides, even if they do happen to be sort of in and out of the team? And that's probably... A no at this point. But we do have to see where they end up in a batting order. You're looking at a Josh Brown and Max Bryant. I think there's only space for one of them if, if that happens. Obviously, if, if guys are injured and things like that happen, then, then they will play more games across the tournament. But it's really getting to the guys that we think are going to be getting a spot and then uh, yeah, really discuss their, their ability to you know score really well, gain lots of cash for your... For your teams there in, in terms of your salary is going to be the biggest thing there. And, and a lot of those fringes, you're looking at, you know, can they get a four-over spell each game? Can they sort of bat five or six? Four, five, six would be nice. And obviously earlier, the better. Because a lot of times the six and seven guys, if they're just batting, they might be coming in right at the end. It's very hard for them to get a whole allotment of points there. So we really will go through this. Brisbane Heat side first, wicket keepers, batters into the bowlers, and let's see if there's any value across any of these guys. So when you look at the Brisbane Heat's lineup to start with, they do have obviously the Aussies in Kawaja and Manus. They're going to be out for that first part of the year. So they'll come back near the end and be of importance from that point on. But until that, we have a little bit of a reduction in the amount of good batsmen, I'd say. They're pretty top-heavy there in Colin Munro, Billings, and then Matt Renshaw, who had a really nice season last year. Then you've got guys like Michael Nieser, who's in obviously great form with the bat, obviously the ball as always. And you've got Jimmy Pearson, who'll probably be around that 5-6 type of guy. The wild card for this side is going to be Paul Walter. So an English fellow uh, who's played plenty of you know matches over there in, in his list A stuff and uh, is more of a batsman than he is a bowler. So he may bowl a little bit left armor there, but I think you're likely going to see him in the middle of the order here. The higher we can get him, the more value he's going to have in this side. The question will be, is he an all-rounder? Does he end up getting you know, a few overs with the ball? Or do they have too many bowlers? And you look at kind of this projection from what I've got at this point. There's, you know, Wildermuth is more a bowler. Obviously, you've got Bartlett, two guys that can bat a little bit, but, you know, don't have incredible averages. You've got Swepps and Kuderman being the spinners, and then Spencer Johnson being the quick there. So you'd imagine they'll play Sweppo and, and Matty Kuderman for sure, as well as Spencer Johnson being third. And then it'll be either probably one of the two of Wildermuth and Bartlett. Uh, 
just because they have Nizar as a, as a guy that's going to bat in sort of the middle. I've got him, he's that's sort of a general idea at the moment. Nizar's in a four. He'd probably be somewhere around that five mark, you'd imagine, in this side if that's how they play it. Otherwise, I'll pop in a Josh Brown or a Max Bryant into probably that four position and and push these guys a little bit further back. And then you're miss, definitely missing out on a, one of Wildermuth or Xavier Bartlett, I'd imagine, in this order. And then you know, maybe Walter is that guy that gets a couple of overs through the middle. So that's kind of how we see this thing. And obviously, yeah, the guys up top in Munro, Billings, and Renshaw, all at a fairly decent price there. Nisa, we've spoken about him as a great captaincy option. If he's not in that test squad, we'll have to wait a little bit longer on that. Jimmy Pearson, you'll see, you kind of know what you're going to get for him. Walter, we're not sure of. So we will have to wait until that first game to make a decision on him there. So... That's the Brisbane Heat right now. You've got the fringes in uh, Will Presswich. Presswich hasn't played too many games. It's the three. Brown and Brian have both had a, a decent crack across the years. So let's go to the Brisbane squad there and uh, and have a little look at what we've got going on. So if you look at the, the wicket keepers there, Billings and Pearson, so both fairly cheap. You'd imagine Billing has a little bit more of an upside than that of Jimmy Pearson. Jimmy seems to be very consistent. Billing ha- Billings has the upside. So both we can keep a bat. Both will play, uh, you know, at least that good first per, first portion of the season, which you saw here with Billings playing eight games. So this is when we want him. We want him at the start, and I definitely think Billings has the upside over Pearson. So Billings at the moment has been in my sides to start things off, but for obvious reasons, he's sitting at a you know a, a mid to high thirties average, and he could definitely go a forty plus here and and have a little bit of value along with playing three games in the first one. So. That's what we're going to look at here with round one is all of these Brisbane Heat players play three games. Okay, look to the batters. And we got Niza, as we said, who really dominated last year at a 62.6 average. If he gets to play each and every game, then he's a clear captaincy option, given he plays three in that first one. Colin Munro and Renshaw, both guys that are pretty well at their ceiling. We've seen Munro go a little bit higher than this, but at a 156, you are bringing him in for the points only and not for value increase. So if you were to get a 50 out of him, for each of those first three games, maybe it's an 80, maybe it's a 20, and then a 50. Then you get that 150 for that first game, and that's very, very helpful. We obviously want a little bit more from Nisa than that of, of Munro, but you're still spending up for those points, which is, you know, for the most part, you do have to do that. Renshaw had a really good year last year, the best of his career, and ended up averaging 42. So you can see you got 11% that have picked him up. And again, you're grabbing him for the points scored rather than his value, because he'd rather be... Much rather be going for a Sam Billings. He has a 25% ownership there than you would be going for anyone above that. Kawajam Labashane, obviously in Aussie duty. Nathan McSweeney was the other one that's... Why is he not in... Oh, maybe he got added after. That's interesting. Is he in there? Brisbane Heat. Oh, okay. That's strange. So he wasn't even in the in the list? That's weird. I have to find out what's going on with that, actually, because McSweeney's not even in there. And this was only posted like five days ago. I have to find out a bit more about that. So actually, I didn't have him in my list, but he would definitely slot into that mid, uh, that middle of the order. He could be that number four that they're looking for instead of a Josh Bryant, a Josh Brown or Max Bryant. So, yeah, sorry, I was just putting that together and forgot that he wasn't in that actual squad list. So yeah, we'll find out more about that and get back to you. Uh, but he's one of those guys that if he happens to score anything like he did last year, he has plenty of value and could potentially be a little you know, off spe- uh, a bowling option as well uh, if he if he gets to if he gets that opportunity. So that's that with him. And then Paul Walter's the big one at 105K. So he has some value and they project him here to hit a 45 average for that three round, which is a lot higher than all these counterparts in front of him. 
shows that they think that he could come out and do a good job. So a 6%, he's a little bit undervalued at that point. He only has to average in the in the mid-30s to make some cash. Mid-30s to 40 would be great from him if you could get that out of him. But we need to find out where he's going to bat. If he's going to be a 5 or 6 and maybe bowl an overall 2, then I don't see a big appeal. Obviously, you know, round 1, given he plays 3 games, if he comes out and dominates, then that could really help you have a really good start to your season. But otherwise... Um, yeah, I think we just have to wait and see as to how they're going to use him and maybe you know hear a little bit from coach um, and then see what their sort of starting batting lineup is going to be before we make that decision, which makes it a little bit tough. And then you got Brown and Bryant there. Both didn't score amazingly in their games last year. Brown, a 28 average at 10 games, not great. Uh, and Bryant obviously has had his struggles as well. Um, yeah, so Chris Lynn, the one that's not there. Oh, no, he's in, the, he's in Adelaide, I should say. Scratch that. It's so weird him not being... Um, as part of the heat. It's just wild. So that's the batting side. Obviously, the bowlers in there as well. We've got Bartlett, who you know was solid last year for his 28 average. He's very much priced up. I think that's a little bit too high for what uh, he's capable of. Spencer Johnson has you know a decent amount of value there. If he can hit anywhere um, above that 40 average, which we definitely think he can. He's one of those guys on the way up. He's a good one to have a look in at the start here. Wildermuth is the interesting one. Obviously, didn't play any games at all last year. So if he had managed to get a crack in this squad, then there's definitely some value on him. They've got him projected at just under the 40 mark, uh, which is pretty cool. And they've got Matt Kuhneman actually pro- uh, projected really high as well, which I think is probably a little bit too high. I would expect him to hit close to where he's averaging here, the 33.6, maybe a 35 to 40 at best. Um, but for the other guys there in, in Wildermuth, he, yeah, injury is obviously an issue for him. So seeing how he comes out of it um, and how he looks is going to be really important. And then Swepo is probably the big one there at 71,000. Had a really, really poor one last year. Averaged 23 in his 13 games. He should go a lot better than that, and hopefully he will. So he's at that sort of rock bottom. You know he's going to play the majority of those games. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. At 40% owned, I think he should probably should be higher. Um, but you, you do kind of have to play him. There's probably no point having him on the bench, I don't think, unless you're going for a little bit of of sort of team value play, but he's not going to score the points. So you probably want him in your starting side scoring points in that first one there. Um, so yeah, let's move on to our second team. So yeah, there's obviously a few guys that we need to look at. But for the most part, we know where the value is in the Brisbane Heat. Strikers here. So we kind of got in a general idea idea here. Will, uh, will Darcy Short get back to the top of the order? Or will he be in the mid- middle of the order there? Not exactly sure on this one here. Very similar to that for the Heat at this stage. We'll see if there's any issues in their um, lineup compared to what's in the game as well. But you've got uh, Jake Weatherall, who didn't play, hardly played last year, um, who could potentially be somewhere at the top uh, as well. You've got Lynn in there about that 3-4-5 mark. Harry Nielsen is kind of in the squad at the moment just because, yeah, there's the options are, are kind of slim. I would like to see, you know, you've got a couple of these fringes here uh, that all could play their role for sure. Henry Hunt opens in there. Longer, longer term stuff and also their 50 over stuff. So uh, how, how he you know, sort of comes into this one is, uh, is going to be interesting. He played a couple of games last year as well. So we'll look at all these guys in a second. 
Uh, but you got Baisley in there. You'd, you'd expect Rashi Khan to bat fairly high as well. Yeah, just looking at this lineup here. And, you know, does Doggett, Thornton, and where's Agar play? You know, do they play the three paces? A lot of time they, they usually do. But when you have a very short batting lineup, can you go, you know, Menenti at eight, Rashi Khan at seven, and then you've got guys like Baisley and Nielsen at five and six? Or are you switching out? Uh, one of those two guys for Henry Hunt or one of these other guys in the fringes list. It's a interesting lineup there, and I think they they might fall a little bit short with the with the bat at times. Their bowling seems to be really strong, but uh, yeah, the batting could be in a little bit of strife with with Kerry and also Travi Head uh, away with Aussie duties in that one. So let's change the filter there for the Adelaide Strikers, and we'll start with our keepers, obviously. We've got Kerry, who's going to be out for the most of the year, and then it's likely to be Harry Nielsen, so you'd imagine he keeps that spot, um, unless they end up having another keeper slot in, but unfortunately for him, the 12 matches only hit the 20 average, so you'd say there that there's only really room for improvement, but you know that remains to be seen, and is, you know with so many value wiki keepers, I'd say it's probably worth leaving Nielsen out, especially if he's going to bat a little bit lower around that six or seven mark there. For the batting, okay, Matty Short. These guys play one game in the first round, so something to look at, obviously, not just from round one, but round two, they have the double game, which is super important, obviously. So have a look at that uh, with this squad, that's for sure. But Short's going to be a great captaincy option in game two, given how well he played last year at 78.8 average. Chris Lynn was really good last year. I doubt that he could have much of an improvement on that. So you, you're paying, you know, you're you're paying for what you get there. Uh, James Baisley had a cracker of a BBL, his best by far. So he'll definitely be in that mid middle order as well. Uh, will bowl a little bit also. So yeah, he uh, I can't see him improving on that. So he's probably a little bit too expensive to start things off. Uh, yeah, you got your Aussie boys there. Jamie Overton, no games uh, last year. Projected to do fairly well, but again, too expensive to start things off. There's way more cheaper guys that have uh, you know, better opportunities there. You've got Adam Jose, who actually played the uh, you know, all the games last year. So he's definitely someone that could come into uh, contention in, in, in that spot that I was talking about there. Along with guys like Thomas Kelly, who you know played 12 of those games. But I do suspect that uh, they you know, it, it would likely be in this stage Adam, Adam Jose getting a gig over someone like Thomas Kelly. But, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen on that one. Obviously, a lot of it's based on injuries and stuff like that, with Jake Weatherald only playing the four games as well. So does Jose get the spot ahead of Weatherald? Is it worth you know, spending that 109000 on on Adam if he gets his opportunity? Probably not at this point, again, uh, with them having the one game. And it's probably worth seeing. The good thing is with Adelaide is you can see their first game and then make decisions coming into round two if you're trading out any of your heat guys or any other players there for injury and the like, you can see that first game and make your decisions on a few of these guys there. But uh, I'm not sure if I'm seeing Weatherwood as having a lot of value, but we'll have to see, I think, from that first game. And you're likely not going to select these type of guys. Obviously, Darcy Short didn't play very well last year. He has that upside. You can see why with the 39% uh, pickup rate. Harry Nielsen at 11%, given it's, uh, you know, he's very, very cheap in that bench sort of wiki-keeping role, uh, which is cool. Uh, and then the bowling side, we spoke about those first few guys. Henry Thornton had a cracky year. Wes Agar was solid again. Rashi Khan is where you're going to get the value to start things off for the year at 132K. So I think from round two, he's probably a must-have. He could go nuts and he would be, you know, if he couldn't captain Matt Short, if you couldn't get him into your side, then I think Rashi would be a very, very good option to captain in that second round there. 
at 132,000. That's his worst year by far at a 42.9 average there. Uh, and then you got Boise. So he played six of the games last year. So is he on the fringe in that? Do they pick Menenti? So they kind of split between the both of them. Who's in more form at the moment? It does look like Menenti is more that guy. Scoring runs as well. And they could use him as a guy at like sort of number eight, uh, which would be helpful. So yeah, I think it's probably going to be a, a, tie, a race between those two again. And if Menenti does get that spot and he's batting sort of seven or eight, bowling the three to four overs, then I think he's a guy to bring into the side. He has scored a lot better than this in the past at times for you know Thunder and stuff when he was there. Uh, but he, I think he's getting better as a player in general, playing more, um, you know, more Sheffield Shield, more 50 over stuff and uh, doing a really good job at that. So I think the confidence that he brings from that, it's going to be very helpful for him here. And then uh, Brennan Doggett was the other one I sort of had been flirting with him in and out of my side at this point. Um, it just seems like he's going to be one of those guys that's likely going to play majority of the games, score solid at 34, definitely has a little bit of room for improvement at the 106,000 there. So that's, yeah, the general idea on all of those players from both those teams, guys, and we'll go through all eight squads um, in four separate videos, which is going to be cool there. On that one, we will find out a little bit more as we go along. Yeah, it's hard to see any sort of predicted teams. There's nothing to Google out there, so we're kind of making it up uh, as we go at the moment and kind of you know basing it off injuries from last year and, and who's back. And if I was to be picking this team, this is what I would look to doing. Um, but we will find out a little bit more sort of the week before um, with sort of general teams that have been named and then obviously on game days in that first round. So I think for the most part, it's, it's about picking for that first round, picking the guys that you know are definitely going to be there. And then, uh, you know, slotting in certain guys that we think have a little bit of value if they happen to, you know, make that round one team, there's no injuries and they seem like they've got a role in that squad, then that's how we'll be end up playing uh, sort of the bench emergency guys to, um, to round out our teams heading into round one. But we've got 16 days to go and uh, it's getting a lot closer and uh, we'll get those out, out to you over the next week and then we'll really delve into certain positions and, and where the value is for certain positions and how you can kind of get a sort of a good team makeup from there. But uh, thanks for being in this one, guys, and we'll see you in the next one.